Hey, sports fans. Thanks for stopping by. I'm Hosk, and I may have been wrong about Tiger Woods. I'm Jones, and it's a girl. I'm Kudo, and I finally finished watching Big Brother. Let's get into sports and stuff. I'm supposed to be the franchise player, and we're in here talking about practice. Or not. Ball into the wild of it is French country. Just a bit outside. You're an announcer with a long stick from time to time. Catch them all, Joe. You'll never hit a bigger home run in your life. It's funny to me, too. Screw them. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. On tonight's episode, we're recapping week 13 of the NFL season. Trevor Zegris creates a new Michigan move for Anaheim. Leafs face adversity for the next few weeks. Hosk's got stuff to talk about. A new twist occurs in the la- in last week's episode of Survivor. And as always, we close the show off with Scrutinizer Jones putting us on the grill. This is Intersports and Stuff. Well, Jones, welcome back. Thanks, boys. He's back. I'd like to say we can't do it without you, but uh, we did it without you. So, Kudo Kudo came out of his comfort zone. So you you better have a big uh, big effort for us tonight, or uh, or we might just have to uh, give you the boot. My sleeping pattern won't hate it. I'm not gonna lie. I think Kudo said thirty words as opposed to his normal six words. Pretty pretty big episode for seven. I have at least seven. Come on now, boys. (laughs) Give me a little bit of credit here. I think I just went over my quota for today. Fuck. I think I think you did. You're gonna have to sit there on your sit there on your hands the rest of the day, drinking your Jack Daniels. Nothing wrong with Jack. Uh, interesting week 13 in the NFL. We had some uh, we'll call it unexpected results. We had some very good finishes in games that came right down to the wire. Let's start Monday Night Football. Bills and Pats. Monday Night Football playing for the. AFC East uh, division, of course, for Buffalo, the wind, the snow, the rain came. It was uh, it was ugly. It was ugly, uh, ugly conditions for them. One way the kickers were kicking like uh, probably eighty yard field goals. The other direction they couldn't hit a couldn't hit a twenty yarder. So it was uh, <laughs> it, it was interesting to say the least to, to at least watch the game. Patriots just ran the ball down the Bills' throats all all night long and uh, came away with the victory. Um, did you guys watch that game? Yeah, sadly. Yeah, I caught a bit of it. I I should have turned it off. It was, you know, typical boring football, especially in the the wind. Like I don't mind like rainy, snowy conditions. That's exciting. But when the wind's that bad, it just like it makes for some boring football. And like to be honest, like. Why weren't the Bills just putting 13 or however many, 11 guys down in the box just to stop the run? Like, basically daring yeah. Mac Jones Mac, to throw the Mac ball. Mac Jones played, played the whole game, was two for three for 19 yards on his passing attempts. Played the, played the whole the, fucking game. <laughs> the Pats are the first team since 1968 to win a football game with only th- attempting three passes. And that's a fun fact. Yeah, <laughs> unbelievable. Like that's it, ridiculous. It wasn't even like they were, they were, they they ended up I think two hundred and twenty yards on the ground, but they only had one big gain on the ground. Like they were just running it for like three, four yards every time. You know, getting yeah. their first downs, pushing it down the field, controlling the clock. Just just ate the clock. They had like the one yard or one like sixty yard run from Harris, I think, 
I think that's when he scored his touchdown. Some it was a long run like that. Couple couple ten yard runs here and there, but like you said, everything else was just like just up the middle, maybe a little sweep, but three, four, five yards at a time. It was just yeah, I don't know. It was it was kind of like the Sunday nighter. I think who was who played the Sunday nighter? I couldn't watch that game either. Broncos Chiefs. Broncos yeah, Chiefs. it was it was a boring game too. I found. Yeah, twenty-two to nine for the Chiefs. Was it windy in that game as well? Not as bad, maybe. I didn't really watch. I don't. I don't know what happened Sunday night. To be honest with you, it didn't. It didn't pique my interest, so I didn't. Uh, I didn't follow it too much. Yeah, I'm too busy with Yellowstone on Sunday nights to watch that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I usually watch Yellowstone Monday night, but uh, yeah, good fucking show. Fucking right. <laughs> Cowboys beat the Saints on Thursday night football. Not really much to talk about that game. I didn't see much. Taysom Hill was probably the the storyline. He had a he had a pretty big game. He just you know he got his finger hurt and he couldn't throw a fucking pass accurately to save his life. Pretty much. I don't know that he's going to be playing to the the ninety million part of his contract. He's probably just going to be hoping to catch the forty million. Uh. <laughs> How does this contract work again? It's like. So I think it's four years, forty million is base. Yeah. So basically, he gets paid as like a high end triple threat position, like special teams, tight end, uh, backup quarterback. So he gets paid kind of like all three of those positions that he plays. Yeah. And then he gets um, he gets incentives for if he's like QB one. Oh, so okay. If, he, if he's uh, if he throws say. Uh, it's something like 75% of the passes or something like that then, or it might even be game to game on the, on the increase if he, if he plays. Um, but that's how he can get it up to, to 90 million is, is the incentive. So, Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Which I guess is smart on his part to, to build the contract that way and smart on the team's part. If he wants to, if they, they see that he's a, an asset that way, but they're not ready to invest in him, And, you know, he's got a, prove himself well he's gets you know he's not going to get screwed by being the qb1 at at 10 million bucks and the lowest paid quarterback in the league he's going to at least get those uh incentives to pay him as a as a quarterback if he's uh if he's playing once yeah makes sense a couple wild finishes uh um three of them come to mind there might have been more but the the big three for me Washington football team walks it off on a last second field goal beat the raiders on the road uh jones i know you had another fun fact about that one uh yeah i can't remember the exact year but i think it was 2018 there was a game that finished 17 15 and since that year no game in the nfl has finished 17 15 but the washington football team has managed to win in back-to-back weeks by that exact same score so that's uh it's pretty interesting to to see that that happened yeah and, and just think for that to happen two weeks ago they had to have uh, a blocked extra point get returned for a two-point convert the other way otherwise they wouldn't hit that yep. that score oh so. here it is it's sorry it was 2016 not 18 hmm. yeah crazy so that's what that's a pretty much a field goal score one touchdown and the rest one touchdown and five field goals is Five field goals for the the losing team. Yeah, two touchdowns and a field goal. Yeah. So that 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 score is even wilder because of the 
that two point convert going the other way for the the defensive two point convert to uh, to get it there. But, uh, but yeah, the the football team is rolling. They're back to five hundred. I think they've run one six in a row or five in a row, something like that. They're uh, six and six, sitting in a wild card spot. Got the Dallas Cowboys sweating a little bit at the top of the division there. Those fraudulent Cowboys could be coming back to earth as uh, as the football team rolls in to take over top spot. Yeah, Washington's won four in a row, actually, just to confirm. They're on a winning streak. That's all I was trying to get at. (laughs) (laughs) They sucked, and now they don't suck. Taylor Heineke. Is it Heineke? Yeah. He's playing playing pretty good for an undrafted nobody that – thrust into the starter role week one after uh, Fitzmagic gets hurt. I don't even know if Fitzmagic's coming back this year. I haven't heard anything about him. I can't say doubtful at this point. I assume that Heineke's the starter either way when he comes back at this point. So Yeah. We also had the Steelers beat the Ravens. Uh, this one was... I, I don't understand this one at all. Maybe you guys will have the better uh, coaching... Uh, coaching analysis of it but uh so it. Steelers Steelers were up by uh, a converted touchdown Ravens go all the way down the field they score score a touchdown uh instead of going there's a thing 20 seconds left on the clock at this point instead of going for the extra point to tie it force overtime they went for two had a decent play call had a good chance at it I don't know a little little bit of a bad pass by uh Lamar a little bit of a bad catch attempt by Andrews. Anyways, they don't convert it. They lose by one. Doesn't make sense to me though why why you know the the Ravens are top of the division. They you know they don't need to take that chance to get the win. They they could play for overtime. If you lose in overtime, you lose in overtime. I, I don't think that that hurts them at all. Steelers are are playing for their lives. Why like as the Ravens, why would you I guess maybe you're trying to step on the neck of your, your opponent while they're down. Like I, I don't really get it. You have an automatic extra point. I don't think Justin Tucker's ever missed an extra point. Like he's he's as automatic as as you get in the NFL. I don't know the number. I don't have it in front of me, but I know he's like 99% from that distance in his career um, on extra points and even even on regular field goals from that distance. Uh, Jones will probably Google that for me right now to tell me how off my math is, but it, it's probably not I, off. Well, I don't want to. I want to see how close you are. Yeah, it doesn't it, it, the play call just made no sense to me? I couldn't. I don't. I just just mind boggling to me. Like I don't. I don't get it. He's ninety percent, ninety point eight percent, an all time field goal kicking. And can can you find what he is on um, extra points? I can find. I'm gonna try and find he, what that's like. It's like 30-something yards, right? Yeah, there should be a, a, a stat for extra points. There we go. Career stats this year. Why does it only have field he's, goals? He's 100% on extra points this season. He's only missed two field goals this year. But it doesn't. this one doesn't have... In his goals. career, he's 90, 98.9% on extra points. There you go. <laughs> so 99% on extra points. But just it, it just didn't make any sense to me why they wouldn't why they wouldn't force overtime like why why did they need to to win the game right there like and even then there's still 20 seconds and not that not that it would have happened but I think the Steelers had timeout they could have gotten into field goal range and walked it off on them if uh, you know if you're tied the Steelers are probably more likely to try to protect the ball and go to overtime if they're down they got to try to make something happen 
um, to get into field goal range, right? Like it just. Well, wasn't it Edwards that said, "You play to win the game." Yeah, how is that's what they're doing? No, they want to win. You play to win the game. game. You want to win now. You play to win the game. Hello, you play to win the game. You don't play to just play it. That's the great thing about sports. You play to win. And I don't care if you don't have any wins. You go play to win. They didn't want overtime. They wanted to win it right there and then. All right, Herm, whatever you say. <laughs> How's that working out for you? <laughs> they play to win the game. The third wild finish of the week uh, goes to, and this is probably the top wild finish of the week, the Detroit Lions. They had a, I want to say they had a 15-point lead. Yeah, Blew they it. were up huge. Blew it. Vikings came all the way back, took the lead. They were up by four or five, I want to say. It was a touchdown needed. Got a last-second touchdown. Goff to Aquinas St. Brown's brother. I don't know. It's, it's another A. It's like Aguarnius or something like that. <laughs> the fucking Lions. They did it. They did it. Jared Goff. He did it. Jerry Goff. Lucky bastard. And you know who else did it this week, guys? Amon, Amon, Amon Rod? Amara? M-A-M-O-N hyphen R-A. Amon Ra. A St. Brown. Amon Ra. A dot St. Brown. Yeah. Scored the winning touchdown as the clock expired. The city of Detroit went nuts. Um, they dedicated the game to the um, victims of the school shooting. That's another crazy story here, but that high school football player that sacrificed himself rushing the shooter to uh, protect his classmates. I yeah. did hear about that, and I heard a whole bunch of shit about that shooting, and it's just a whole fucked up situation, and the United States is just fucked. Yeah, I haven't followed it too much, but I know it's fucked up when the parents got arrested and are being held at the same jail while they search a friend's house that they and the parents went on the run after. Like it, yeah. Right? The, the parents were called into the school that morning because the te- a teacher was worried about like the kids shooting up the school. Like he was, there was signs that Holy they were fuck. worried about this. Like the teacher was worried about this happening, and the parents basically said, "It's not going to happen. We're not taking our kid out of school." They left the school, and like an hour later, he shot up the school. And because of COVID, they have no like. There's no lockers. There's no like backpack checks. So he just like walked in with it in his backpack. And had it in the school in the morning with him. It's fucked. So the parents knew. The parents. The mom was taking the kid to the gun range, and, <laughs> and then holy fuck! I guess when they heard that there was a shooting at the school, the dad like raced home to check to see if the gun was in the house, and the mom was sending the kid text messages saying, "Please tell me this wasn't you. You didn't do this. Please tell me it wasn't you." Basically, knowing they both knew that as soon as they heard it, it was him that was fucking shooting in the school fucking stupid americans fucking wild yeah but you know protect that uh first amendment right second amendment amendment. second Second, yeah the right to bear arms fucking nra i'm allowed to have bear arms (laughs) yeah exactly Was it is it Family Guy or someone that makes that that makes fun of that and it's like they they talk it's like um they've got like mounted bear arms like uh like from like they hunted a bear and they they took the arms off and mounted it and they're like oh nobody nobody will ever be able to misconstrue this. It's, it's very, very <laughs> <laughs> I think that is a Family Guy joke. 
All right, we're done. You think the language in the Second Amendment is clear enough? You know, about the right to bear arms? Of course it's clear. Every American has the right to hang a pair of bear arms on their wall. How could that possibly be misconstrued? All right, fantastic then. Anyways, on the lighter note, to join the, the Lions with the first win this week, Hawks fantasy football team got their first win of the week. First win of the season. Played two new quarterbacks this week. That's why I played Taysom Hill. And I picked up Gardner Minshew on uh, on Sunday morning to uh, to bench fucking Matt Ryan and uh, Trevor Lawrence. Are they going to be the starters going forward or what? Well, Taysom Hill is is cemented in there. Uh, Gardner Minshew's on the bye this week, but uh, oh, okay. I'm assuming he's not going to get the the ball back once uh, they come off bye. So, but you never know. He playing him and getting zero points might be better than playing the other guys and getting a negative. So. <laughs> Good old negative quarterbacks. That's where it's at. Well, that's okay. I guess who I started at quarterback this week, but still won my fantasy matchup. Who did you start at quarterback? Mac Jones. <laughs> you had a good week positive yep. points positive what, points what one point for you 1.2 something like that maybe was it even 1.2 it might be like well he no, he, you know he got they, they did the quarterback sneaked it uh, like five yards so he got it probably at least seven yards rushing that's 0.7 points let's see plus Mac nine Jones. yards you want to hear you ready for it six points point four six points Zero point well, he must have been sacked a couple times. He had negative three yards rushing and nineteen yards passing. Wow. There you go. Way to go, Mac. Mac Jones carrying the squad. Return of the Mac. What else happened in football? Titans didn't lose last week. That's good news. They were on bye, yeah. Yeah, one of our one of the frauds here. Um, the Chargers are in big trouble. Not not only are they frauds, their two best wide receivers are in COVID protocol. Sounds like Mike Williams is unvaccinated, so he's very doubtful to play this week. Uh, Keenan Allen, I think, is vaccinated. He's possibility to be activated before the game, but uh, yeah, not not good news if uh, if those guys don't play. I don't know who uh, who they're going to be able to throw the ball to. So. They almost blew a big lead too on Sunday, didn't they? Uh, they did. No, no, they they beat the. They're playing the Bengals, right? Yeah, yeah. they did beat they them forty-one twenty-two. They did, but they was they scored seventeen points in the fourth quarter, and they were up. They were up sixteen. Twenty-four thirteen. They were up the twenty-four nothing, and then they came back and made it twenty-four twenty-two. But yeah. Let's just say some Char- Chargers fans were getting a little worried. Yeah, they're still on my fraud list. I'd keep them there. Keep them there. Yeah. Have we added anyone to the fraud list? Uh, no, the I know you wanted, you wanted to add the Titans. The Bills are definitely still on the fraud list. Yeah. The Do you Vikings have the Vikings are, there? The Vikings, you need, to, you need to have a decent record to be considered uh, for the fraud list, and the Vikings suck too much. To, you know, they're not, they're on a cost of their own. They're on like the, should be better, but still suck list. I don't. I don't know if that can be a thing. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, we we might have to we might have to wordsmith that a little bit, but um, that's kind of the category that they're in, which sadly is about half of the playoff race in the NFC right now, where they have like nine teams alive in the in the playoff picture because they're all five hundred or worse, <laughs> still still within a game of the wild card. 
I, I still, you know, as, as much as I'd like to put the Titans on the fraud list, I, I think the injuries injuries exclude them from the from being frauds. But they, they're very quickly going to be in the the non 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 contender list. So the Titans have a big matchup this week. If they lose to the Jags, can we put them on the fraud list? Yeah, let's do okay. it. If they lose to the Jags, they're yeah, they, they deserve that. If they lose to the Jags, they'll have lost to the Jets, the Texans, and the Jags. So <laughs> so they can go on the fraud list. Yeah. Okay. Or I they go to... on the, over, the overachievers list or something like that. Like, hey, uh, yeah. you could beat the good teams. But, uh, yeah. Any other football, uh, football news, notes? I don't know. All right. Well, let's move on. Busy week in, uh, in the NHL. More uh, front office changes. The... Uh, Vancouver Canucks cleaned house this weekend, fired uh, Jim Benning, Travis Green. Uh, so GM and head coach are out in Vancouver. Um, they've replaced, I think they're they're doing a, a GM, big GM recruitment, and they're going to open a long process. But they've named uh, Stan Smeal as the interim general manager. They've got a big advisory committee. It includes the Sedins and you know other guys that used to play for the Canucks. They hired uh, Bruce Boudreau to be the, the head coach. He's under contract the rest of this season and next season. Bruce, there it is. They brought, also signed uh, Scott Walker as an assistant uh, assistant head coach. The Philadelphia Flyers, they fired uh, head coach uh, Alain Vigneault and assistant coach Michelle Therrien, you know, which puts them both right in the, the front running to be uh, general manager of the Montreal Canadiens. Nope, but uh, yeah, those two are those two are out as coaches of the Flyers, and uh, Mike Yo was named the interim head coach. Sounds like uh, new Habs vice president of hockey operations Jeff Gordon uh, announced a special advisory committee that um, includes a bunch of Habs legends that are going to be heading up the uh, the GM search for them. Don't really know who the best candidates are going to be. I know they're going to be looking for pretty wide array of uh, candidates, but um, I think French speaking is the predominant criteria for anyone to take that role. So yeah. Uh, Kudo, I know you're interested, but um, you better get uh, Rosetta stone or something to start, uh, you know, start French brushing for up on your French. Yeah. <laughs> yeah if Gorton can uh, start learning, then so can I. That was brutal. I think his French is worse than mine. <laughs> I think it might be better than mine, so I don't know. Reading that, reading that statement, that was terrible. But it looks like the Habs are looking outside of the box, and there's a chance it could be like a player agent that they are looking at for the GM. Yeah, I, I, anyone that speaks French should be uh, top of their list. I hear uh, Patrick Waugh is on. Really the- wants it. Really want? We talked, about, we talked about it last week, Jones. Oh, you know, maybe if you had a show up, you'd, you'd know that that conversation took place already. I'm sorry about that. Old news, bud. Get oh, together. Fuck you. I love I'd you say too, there's buddy. definitely like seventy percent chance though that it's a, a former Habs employee of some sort, coach or player, or old GM that's still living. No, I think they're going to try to go young, fresh face. There's a lot of I keep hearing a lot of players like they've been talking about. Like I heard Vincent Danfus at one point. It's pretty much any any player that played there that speaks French is probably their <laughs> name's been Brier. thrown. <laughs> yeah, someone said Daniel Briere. Yeah, I heard yeah. that. Which I don't understand. Like, what has he done since he's retired? He's, he's he been working anything? in hockey ops for the Flyers. 
Yeah. Oh, oh, okay. I don't know. It's definitely a job that people don't want, though. That's for sure. No, too much pressure. No, I was just saying the team sucks. No, you fucking suck. Give me that team. I'll turn it around. Jake, Jake Allen, big time starting goalie. Remember have you seen you were, him play? Remember when you were pumped about him? Yeah, have you seen him play lately? He's the only oh. reason why they're in games and why they fucking win. There's, there's literally no reason to watch them play right now. Yeah, I was about to say literally, who watched I watched them. Weren't they beating Tampa Bay uh, last night? Yeah. And what was the final score of that game? Just wondering. 2-1 or something? I think they lost 3-2, actually. Or was it 3-2? And Whatever, I'm pretty they sure lost by one. And it was, That's close. They lost with like 30 seconds left in the game. I'm pretty if sure they playing, were winning 2-1. they were playing horseshoes or hand grenades, they'd have been right there. <laughs> they, they were winning 2-1 with about four and a half minutes left. Yep. Maybe uh, less than that. Yeah. yeah. Well, good news is Carey Price, Carey Price started skating. He's uh he's been on the ice. Full equipment Two too. Birds. Spotted on the ice in full equipment. They said he won't be back until after Christmas. Well, yeah. So, so kudo, keep the boner in your pants for a little bit longer. No, no, we, we want to keep said, him out. I said last week he should sit out the entire season. Yeah, we want Shane Wright. Yeah. Well, so just no be, you just to, have uh, to be in the bottom seven, and then the league will fix it for you, and you guys will get yep. the first overall pick. It's okay. Well, we talked about this team, the other team that was that's openly tanking in the Arizona Coyotes. They're now in the in the news for a different reason. Uh, story just breaking today. Arizona Department of Revenue has filed a lien against the Coyotes for unpaid taxes to the city of Glendale and the state of Arizona. Yeah, not not good news for the Coyotes. It sounds like as of uh, December the twentieth, if they haven't reached some sort of agreement on payment terms, uh, they could be locked out of the uh, the arena. What would the Gal Gilla- Galley Arena or something like that? Gala River Arena. Yeah. G- yeah. Gila Gila River or whatever. Something. Yeah. Yeah. They um, so they their next home games are scheduled for. Uh, December 20th and the 20... Oh, the next one after is... Sorry. Their next home game after the 20th is the 23rd of December. So if they get locked out of the facility, then uh, that uh, December 23rd game is uh, obviously up in the air. I don't know what the league would do because I don't think they can... You can't really relocate them. If there's a lien, you can't really... You know, there's a dispute. I think I think technically the government could seize the franchise... <laughs> sees all the assets <laughs> like it's a fucking mess that looks bad for the NHL yeah. well I think this I don't think this is the first time I think this happened previously or they were some something similar when the league took over the last time I think there was you know legal trouble with the team but so I, I looked up what it what it means when there's a, a tax lien by the government so uh, a lien secures the government's interest in your property when you don't pay your tax debt a levy actually takes uh, the property to pay the tax debt. If you don't pay or make arrangements to settle your taxes, the IRS can levy, seize, and sell any type of real, uh, real or personal property that own or have interest in. So I don't know. I'm guessing they could take the well. They don't even own the building though, so that's where it gets kind of interesting. I guess they could seize the franchise and the trademarking and. Although they the NHL probably, probably owns the trademarking, so it's kind of like... Well, they're going to do something to the owners, right? Seize well, owners' yeah. assets? Yeah, if they, can, if they can do that, 
because it's probably it's probably some sort of like funded venture i'm guessing maybe yeah i don't know it's gonna be messy anyways and i know the owners have had it pretty well with the city glendale they're trying to figure out permanent home they at this point the league just needs to fucking sell that team and move it like there's no it hasn't worked it's not working you got austin matthews out of it that's about the only thing that the league has to show for all these years in fucking arizona (laughs) Like uh, I really I don't know what else there is to to gain from trying to trying to make it work there. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. That's for sure. I know that they were looking to, like I said, I, well, I was talking to you guys before. They put an offer in to buy land in Tempe, Arizona, which is near the University of Arizona, Arizona, Arizona State, State University. University, and. Uh, but like I just looked on Google Maps, like it's it's twenty six minutes to drive from where they're playing now to where they want to build a new arena. So how is that gonna? Like are they hoping they're gonna get a whole bunch of university people to come out and watch the games? Like is that the hope? Like I don't get it. Well, I think they're in a better spot now than when they were in Scottsdale. Yeah, I think Glendale is is more of a metropolis than uh, than Scottsdale was. But I, I do think that they are hoping that they'll attract. I, I don't know what the population, you know, where the, you know, where the populace is. But um, I think that was part of it. Is and and I think it was a because they can have a joint venture with the uh, the hockey team for Arizona State, which is a pretty prominent um, program. They've act, they've developed a pretty pretty good uh, hockey program pretty quickly there, and you know it's because they they pull a bunch of. Uh, bunch of kids from Canada or the northern northern states that may not get drafted and you know may not think that they have a, a hockey future so they can go to school in the in the sun down in Arizona go play hockey and uh, have a have a good four years of college so it's pretty uh, pretty good recruiting platform for them yeah but yeah I think the the, the idea was to build an, a big like uh, split venture training complex with a couple of pads and Let's make it a big. Well, I just did a quick search. The population of Glendale, Arizona, is two hundred forty-seven thousand, and the population of Tempe is one hundred eighty-seven thousand. So yeah, so maybe they they expect that they'll still be able to get people from Glendale to make the drive. Uh, yeah, like Tempe the, the twenty-six minute drive. Yeah, especially you know if you give them. Uh, a desirable complex, you know, maybe that's half the battle is, you know, having land for parking and, you know, maybe do all these things that they do in, in Florida where, you know, Tampa's when they, when they weren't drawn, you can, you know, $20 for your ticket, your parking, two hot dogs and a couple beers. <laughs> yeah. That's how you get people in the door. 26 minutes to drive is not that bad to go to a hockey game. Right. We drive to Buffalo sometimes well, in, to watch in, games. A, in a hockey market. It's not bad in a non-hockey market. Exactly. Well, that's a good point. Yeah. You got to hope kind of that, you know, people want to make a, a day out of it with, uh, you know, going to watch a football game or a basketball game or something and then, you know, stay for the hockey or, or something like that or make it a weekend um, destination. I don't know what else happened um, last night, possible goal of the year. Invented 
inventive play of the year. Assist of the year. Yeah. Maybe? Yeah. Assist Perhaps of the year. Assist yeah. of the year. Yeah. Unreal so, play. Uh, if you haven't seen it by now, Trevor Zegras had the puck behind the Buffalo Sabres net. Um, decided to pick up the puck lacrosse style. Was everyone thinking Michigan move? Fucking Sabres defenseman swinging his stick at him, trying to just knock the, knock the stick away. And uh, Zegras just flips the puck off his stick over the net to Sonny Milano, who's standing in front by himself. Bats it out of the air with a home run swing, top shelf. Pretty, they, pretty nice, nice play, nice hand eye, nice goal. But like, they had so much time. Oh yeah, like behind the net, Zegers had like days. It felt like behind the net, like yeah. no I one. They were on a power play or something. I'm not sure. It'd be interesting to find out. But like, just by looking at how much time, and like even in front of the net, there was no one in front of the net really on Milano to like even like. Yeah, the best was behind him. Yeah, like even give him the business or anything, right? Like it was just like, mm-hmm. yeah, go ahead, try and pull off your move, make us look silly. Milano looked yeah, like he was telling them to do the Michigan too. It it wasn't on the power play. It was even strength. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It was like it was a very nice goal. I'm just shocked at how much time an NHL player had to stand behind the net. It was like Wayne Gretzky when he played. He went behind the net and it was like, okay, well, he's in his office and we're just going to try and see what he's going to do with it kind of thing. Yeah, and the goalie played it pretty well, too. Like he, well, yeah, know, he was, was nowhere, you know, it was just a kind of a lucky, lucky spot that Milano put it in. Like he was yeah, kind was of like, standing Craig there. Anderson. Yeah, he was standing there like, okay, if you try and Michigan this on me, I'm going to basically take everything away from you. The way he was kind of holding his body position but as soon as he flipped it over the net he's like i don't know where the f- like i don't know where it's gonna go he had no clue where the puck was i feel like when he flipped it over yeah probably not because i'm pretty sure his defenseman or or the forwards like covering weren't saying it's over your head or like it he flipped it yeah uh i saw today that um there's some video circulating from like a promo for nhl 2006 or something like that and uh and they do a similar, they score a similar goal. It was like Team USA players, and they they shoot the puck over the net. It wasn't Michigan style, but they shoot the puck over the net, and the one guy bats it in at the side of the net. So uh, must have been must have been thought of at some point in time, but uh, definitely better executed last night. Yeah, Jets Leafs Sunday night got a little rough. Full time hockey. Could I'm starting to come around on the Jets being a, a pretty gutless team and. Uh, just the way they carry themselves, you know, maybe a little biased because, you know, it was the Leafs that they had to run in. But You're definitely being biased. Well, you see Pierre-Luc Dubois ragdolling Matthews by the back of the neck. Like, just like yeah, but how does he back. allow that? Matthews seems like he's so much bigger than him. The thing is, is no, how does the, how does the big ref guy, allow it to go on for so long? Yeah. Matthews exactly. has got to stand up for himself and do something at, Agreed. at this point. Agreed. Be a man. Fight someone. Like, Crosby yes, did it. Ovechkin's done it. Just fucking fight once, and then maybe guys will leave you alone. He doesn't have to fight somebody, but he's just got to use his... He's a big boy. He's got to use his body to defend himself. He doesn't have to drop yeah. the mitts, but... If no, you're but, getting, like, fight back. Whack back. Like, yeah. fucking two-hand the I, guy or cross-check him or, like, look the, like you want to fight him. Day, uh, Justin Bourne was saying that... Uh, so his coaches used to tell him he was a skilled player back in the day, but he's, you know, when he was getting pushed around, his coach would say... Just fucking cross check him back in the teeth. You know we'll we'll kill the five minute penalty happily, and you won't get those. You won't get the same treatment again. So yeah, 
I I I I agree with you, Kudo. Though, like he's got to stand up for himself. Yeah. On the other, on the other hand, like the refs kind of let that game get the way it got because they didn't get control of the game early when Dubois was doing like that stuff like that. Like you know, he's Matthews trying to draw a penalty. It's going on pretty long, and then next thing you know, they give them both penalty. I don't even think Matthews did anything really back to the guy. I didn't see it. I was kind of flipping back and forth, but. From what I heard, I don't think he did much to deserve a penalty. But in the same sense, like if you're going to get ragdolled like that and realize that the refs aren't calling anything, then fight back. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, you know, uh needs Sandine, knee on knee, dangerous hit. Uh, I don't know. I don't think intent was there with it, but obviously caught him clean with it. No call on the ice. Sandine gets hurt. He's down. Crawls to the bench. Refs don't whistle the play because the Leafs still have it in the offensive zone. Um, they make a change. The play goes around and Spezza takes a run at Pionk and Pionk falls down and he's plays the puck with his glove and Spezza comes in and finishes his check with a bit of a knee to the, knee to the head or whatever it was. Uh, so got a six game suspension, first suspension of his career. Um, he's appealing it because I think there's a uh, precedence again, like for a shorter, for similar, uh, Pionk got suspended two games for his knee on knee on Sandine. Simmons had, uh, got a two and a 10 early for trying to fight somebody. Um, and then he tried to fight, um, he went after Morrissey and then after Morrissey did something, he fought Stanley, Stanley stepped in. No, no, Stanley, Stanley wouldn't fight him. fight him. Stanley stepped in and grabbed his bucket and then did the, you know, skated off the ice with his bucket raised in the air. And then after the game, fucking Blake Wheeler comes off with his bucket in the air yelling, Victory! And then they fucking. <laughs> Victory! <laughs> hey, boys, is there anything better than beating the Leafs? Hey? No. Anything better? This goes. Hey, Victory! Hey, Victory! Hey, Victory! Hey, Victory! Hey, Doing the fucking uh, pregame, postgame speech, and basically they give the guy the helmet for being a duster. Like, whatever happened to the third man in rule? Like, I see you see it all the fucking time now. Two guys, two guys square off, whether one of them's willing or not, and the third guy comes in, and there's no there's no penalty for that guy coming in as the as the third man in. But did they stop that for like because they're trying to protect superstars, like just in case of you know? Somebody's throwing their gloves off, but the superstars don't want to fight. And then, so the other guy has to come in and kind of step in. Like, I don't know if that's why they got rid of it or why it's not being called. I don't know. And then, and so somebody steps in and then the, then the refs break stuff up right away. Like, let the guys fucking fight at that point. Like, what's the point? Yeah, Simmons was going around cross-checking like a whole bunch of guys looking for a fight. Well, he crossed like three see, guys off the face-off well, to right, try to fight right somebody. After that, right after that... Um, Sandine injury. They sent he sent out the big boys to, to he sent out Simmons, Clifford, and uh Richie, I think. And they basically just to fight. I guess Richie was cross checking Dubois in the back, um, and he wouldn't go. But Richie should have just fucking ragged all Dubois like uh like he did to uh, like Matthews doing to Matthews, yeah. I think that's who I think that's who Simmons went after the first time too, was uh was Dubois. But yeah, it's nice to see uh, the Leafs have some bite. The the top guys got to stick up for themselves a little bit, but um, you know it's nice that they do have some some guys that are going to push back for them. Uh, you know, and you know not just sit there and take that shit. But 
they're going to be in, up against it a little bit. Dermot's hurt. Sandine's hurt. Marner got hurt at practice last week. Apparently, he was getting into it with Muzzin, and Muzzin dropped him. <laughs> He's hurt his shoulder. <laughs> Put him in a spot. Pretty sure Muzzin called him a buttercup. Is that what it was? I'm pretty sure that's what happened. Oh, so he's out because his his feelings are hurt. No, he's hurt. I think he hurt his leg or something like that because Muzzin sure. dropped him. Probably gave him yeah. concussion. But during their whole argument, I'm pretty sure Muzzin called Marner Buttercup. Oh, Buttercup. <laughs> yeah, I think that's pretty sure that's what he said to him. <laughs> Good. So, well, so the depth will be tested a little bit, but um, they got the job done last night against Columbus with the. Uh, couple guys making their uh, NHL debuts, one on defense, one on the fourth line. They almost blew it, didn't they? Yeah, nah, but they not really. held on. It was five, well, weren't they four. up like 5 nothing or 5-1? Uh, it was 3-0, three, three and then it was 3-1, 4-1, 4-2, 5-2, 4-2, 3-1. And then I think they got it back to 5-4 or something like that. They scored the fourth goal with like 0.6 seconds left. So they almost fucking blew it. Well, but if, the difference if you think you can is Abs did 6. blow it and the Leafs did not. Yeah, if you think you can score a goal in 0.6 seconds with a face-off at center ice, then yeah, I guess they almost blew it. But Yeah, you shoot right off the face-off. Yeah, don't think it it's making happen. it down the ice. Not making it down the ice. It could happen. No, it couldn't. It could happen. It could happen. Physically, it's probably possible, but I would say it's pretty improbable. To get a sh- to cleanly hit the the puck out of the out of the I, drop, not hit the other centerman, have enough velocity to to get past the goaltender um, in under the point six seconds. I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm saying very improbable. I'm gonna give Kudo ten pucks at center ice, and I am gonna see he's gonna have ten shots from center ice, and I'm gonna see. No one even around him. Yeah, yeah, you're not even a net. You have to be out of the net. Open no net. one's a net. Open net. We'll I'm just gonna, time it. I'm going to time it to see how many goals you can get from center ice with 10 pucks. From a, from a puck drop, though. Someone's yeah. going to drop the, the puck. The puck is going to drop and hit the ice, and you have to whack it down the ice, and I'm going to see yeah, how long. It doesn't have to hit the ice. It's just going to drop, and you yeah. can you can yeah. pick it out of the air. Or you can but do then you need you someone on the, uh, on the timer to like hit it as the puck hits the, the ice. That's fine. There's, there's always a little bit of a delay when the timekeeper hits the uh, the time. But what if you make contact with it in the air? As soon as you touch it, it the time then, starts. Then the time, yeah, the timekeeper has to hit the, the timer. That's fine. And I'm going to hey. see how long it takes you to get one in two seconds. I could probably pull it off in shell, so I could probably pull it off in real life. <laughs> I'm, I'm giving you extra time. I'm giving you extra time. You got to get it from the center ice into the net in two seconds, not even point six. Two seconds. I think two seconds is, is definitely. Yeah, two seconds uh, is. It's got to be possible. like at least a second. No, I'm gonna give you two seconds. I'm just gonna fucking tee it up. I'm just gonna be already like wind up, and then as soon as the puck hits, just tee it up. Yeah, you still got to hit the fucking net. Yeah, I know. You're not just shooting. It's not just got to get down and hit the far boards. It's got to go in the net. Yeah. And there's. I can no hit the net from around. center ice. What are you trying to say? I can't hit the fucking net. We're gonna we're gonna see. 10 pucks. Ask Gindon if I've hit the fucking net with a backhand along <laughs> of all things. Along it's, probably, it's probably not fair to Kudo though because he shoots like a girl. No offense to the women hockey players that listen. Are you fucking kidding me? I got one of the better wrist shots out there. Mm, 
where what what is the what is the parameters of out there? Like where are we where are we geofencing for out there? In, in, in barely your, in your basement <laughs> in your basement right now, you go you probably have the second best wrist shot. Who the fuck's got the best in here? Nobody. There's only me down here. Carly. She's not even down here, bud. I got I got Jack Daniels with me. He definitely has a better shot than you. Is that bottle made a bigger dent than the last time I saw the bottle, Kudo? No. I'm being responsible. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. I've counted I've counted at least five. <laughs> <laughs> it hasn't been five. He doesn't remember, so it's okay. <laughs> Austin Matthews is on a seven game goal streak. I'll just Nobody cares. Leave, leave it on that. Yeah. Um, should I get into some stuff? Yep. Yep. It's a big uh, big Hamilton weekend here. Let's start in F1 where Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen are going to go head-to-head for the Drivers' Championship. Both of them tied atop the the, uh, the standings, 368 or 69 points, something like that. But they're tied, no margin for error for either driver. Comes down to the final race of the season. Constructors' Championship also at, um, at risk. I don't know if they've... They've closed that one out or not yet, but uh, yeah, it'd be an interesting weekend for uh, Mercedes and Red Bull in the uh, in the F1 championships. Jones, I know you've been watching uh, Drive to Survive or whatever it's called. Any, uh, no, they no no new season out right now. So, I've, is there one for but, last season out yet? I don't think. Oh yeah, so. there was a COVID. There was a COVID season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there was the COVID season. That was season three. Yeah. So the season four will be this season. Yeah, it should right? come out probably. Uh, I would say like January, hopefully, for uh, yeah. for that season. But I don't know if they just focus on Mercedes and Red Bull. To be honest with you, in season four, I thought that's what I heard. Could be wrong. I think there was a few others because there was somebody that that won a race and um, they were following his team. Oh, okay. Was like a, lo- a long shot guy that won uh, won a race. Yeah, and. I think. Uh, yeah, but uh, Lewis Hamilton usually has this like drivers championship locked up by like three weeks ago, so it's kind of interesting yeah, to he's see it win actually. the last two races to uh, yeah to get to point. to get to a tied point now. So we'll see what happens. Um, I'm uh, I'm wondering if one of either Valtteri Bottas or fuck, what's the other guy's name? Sergio, Sergio Perez. Perez is gonna have something to say about the. Uh, the outcome of this race what i wouldn't be surprised you know red bull has that like uh junior circuit team yeah you know what if one of their drivers fucks it up or something like that because they're all under the same red bull umbrella not technically but you know what i mean like they're affiliated but yeah they have like because because they're because the red bull guys are still fighting for the constructors too right so perez yeah. needs to come in with with Verstappen in order for the team to win the the team championship. So, you know, maybe uh maybe one of the junior circuit guys gets involved and knocks uh knocks Lewis out of the race. Yeah, it'll be be very interesting. Uh it's going to the uh the qualifying is going to be interesting cuz I think either one of them wants to start the race on the pole. It also give you kind of an idea of who the better driver is at the circuit. Yeah. And apparently, this is only the second time they've ever run this race. Last year was the first, and they said because of COVID, don't don't read anything into last year's results, kind of thing, because it didn't the race didn't matter. So it'll be yeah. Well, the circuit they raced uh, last Sunday, I think, was one of the first times they've raced at that circus circuit. It was like the second longest one of the season. It'll be interesting. Uh, I'm sure Verstappen's probably feeling the pressure a bit more 
just because like he's trying First to un- he's trying to take away Lewis Hamilton's like reign and Hamilton's like well I've done this like feels like 17 years in a row so that'll be interesting yeah and then uh we have the city of Hamilton hosting the Grey Cup uh featuring the Hamilton Tiger Cats and the Winnipeg Blue Bombers Hamilton's own Arkells playing the halftime show uh you guys gonna be watching the Grey Cup yeah I'll probably watch a bit of it I might turn it on you never know I'll definitely want to see the Arkells play at halftime um, and then after the Eastern uh, Finals last week in Toronto, a bunch of Hamilton Tiger Cat fans uh, were throwing objects at the Argo players as they were leaving the field. And a couple of Argo players went up into the concourse. A couple Tiger Cat fans jumped down into into the concourse, and uh, we had a little brouhaha. It seemed pretty innocent in the videos I saw. Nothing really got out of hand, but um, the fact that that was occurring is a uh, pretty. <laughs> Pretty interesting, especially in uh, in Canada here. Yeah. We need to get the PA announcer someone. Please stay in your seats. <laughs> come onto the playing surface. Yeah, wasn't there an Argos player that like threw uh, a fist at a fan or something or swung at a fan? Uh, I think the fan rushed him and he pushed and then, yeah, he, might, he probably, I think he swung. They were both, they had their helmets on too. So the, the fan threw threw one at the guy who was wearing his helmet. And then the teacher went back at him. Yeah. No surprise. We kind of talked about it last week. Major League Baseball officially on lockout. So there's no contact between the teams and the players at this point, um, which means the offseason is officially shut down for the time being. Yeah. We can't get those big interviews. Yeah. Although there's still, I see a lot of speculation about like signings and teams with interest in players and stuff still being reported. So it's kind of interesting that the the leaks aren't uh, aren't stopping and you know the where they uh, you know the no communication. Who who does it apply to? Because maybe I don't know if it applies to player agents um, at this point. I'm sure it it does technically, but you know, wink wink. Uh, hey, let's go grab a coffee or. Hey, let's get a let's have a Zoom meeting or something. Yeah. You know, let's go grab some beers. Big news in the sporting world: Tiger Woods making his return to professional golf this weekend. He's playing at the PNC Championship with his son uh, Charlie. Charlie. Um, second year they played in this tournament. Apparently, this tournament happens every year. Nobody really knows, but PNC I think stands for Parent and Child. Yeah, interesting. Uh, Good for Tiger to be back. I, I really did not think he would be back. He said he's not going to play a full a full schedule on tour ever again, but it sounds like he is planning to uh, pick and choose what tournaments he plays. So um, I would say that his, um, his chances um, of winning a major where I said they were zero are now slightly elevated above zero. I don't think he'll win, but, you know, he could – Tiger Woods, if he puts together a good weekend in in tough conditions, he he's got a shot. So I'd say he's he's got a five percent chance now of winning a major. <laughs> Just five this year in in twenty twenty two or next year in twenty twenty two five percent chance. And then um, some sad news in the sporting world. Uh, the I'm, I'm going to use this term lightly. The disgraced winning horse of last year's Kentucky Derby, Medina Spirit. He died after a training run. It sounds like he had a heart attack as he was approaching the finish line of that race. Um, so the the horse is uh, is passed. Bob Baffert's horse that um, tested positive for the the drug and cough syrup. 
Yeah, I don't know why after that race they kept racing and why they wouldn't just put him out to stud after, you know, when you win the Kentucky Derby, that's, uh, you know, you, you run the next couple in the, in your series. And then, uh, but as soon as he, as soon as he was suspended or whatever, got stripped to the Kentucky Derby, there's nothing else to race for. I don't think, you know, but that he would have made the, made them way more in, uh, semen than he would have in, uh, in <laughs> race winnings. So. Maybe they bottled his semen. Can you do that? I don't. I I'm feel sure like you could. Could. I guess well, you why could you freeze it? Yeah, freeze it. Freeze the semen. Yeah, maybe three years. That seems pretty that. young for a horse. Well, maybe he liked to party too much, eh? Party the night before yeah, was, and had training. He was, and... the, he was into the good stuff for sure. He liked uh, the cough syrup. Maybe he should be calling me, or I guess I can't call him. Yeah, he just he liked eating the the hay that was pissed on by the guy that was yes. that loved the cough syrup. Wasn't that the story? Yeah, that was the story. <laughs> he, the horse he, ate he the hay a, that was pissed on. Yeah, he developed a, this fetish. He couldn't. He just kept going, following the party scene around. He was started eating the grass outside the nightclubs, and uh, <laughs> so he got into some bad shit. Then apparently the night before, yeah. Uh, um, then. Survivor. Let's see if my clips are going to work. Big week in Survivor last week. Um, new, a new twist. We'll call it in the game was uh, was revealed as this you know continues to live up to the most difficult season or the hardest season of Survivor ever, whatever they're calling it. Before the immunity challenge, Jeff unveiled a new twist. Um, each player got to choose their own fate, uh, whether to participate in the uh, in the competition or not. If you chose to compete for immunity, um, you you still had your chance to to win immunity. But the first person to fall out of the competition had, would, would be subjected to a do or die consequence in the immunity challenge uh, or at uh, tribal council. So. Everybody chose to play except for Leanna and I want to say Heather. Um, so Leanna and Heather didn't play. Everybody else played. Uh, I, I can't even remember what the, they were. They were they holding the ball or something? Was that the immunity challenge? Yeah, they were holding like a ball with two sticks or something like that. In between two sticks, or they're holding two sticks that had a ball oh, they had resting to hold on the pieces. They, they had to hold. Uh, yeah, they're holding like it's almost like marker, like a marker chain with a ball on top of it, or something. Yeah, like that. something like that. And uh, Deshaun lost like two seconds into the competition, so he's so now he's subject to this do or die twist at tribal council. Um, so when he does this, if he loses, if he gets die, he's he's out of the game. There's no vote at uh, tribal council. If he if he gets the do, then then they vote like regularly. So they get to tribal council. Nobody really knows what to do. They're kind of split on on how to on how to vote. Before tribal, uh, Ricard has a a plan to get uh, Liana out. I think, or maybe I don't remember whose whose plan it was. But they decided to um, I don't know. They had a big had a big uh, Black Lives Matter talk about. Um, the black players sticking together and what they were playing for and their representation. And it was very, 
It's very emotional. A lot of like, you know, it's good television. You know, everybody said said their piece, what the game means to them, and you know how they didn't understand necessarily what it meant to the to the black players, which was pretty pretty nice to see, kind of eye opening. But then they get to the do or die competition for Deshaun. He um, he ends up he's got to pick between. There's three cauldrons. One of them has the, the the do, the other two are die. He picks one. They open the first one. It's a die, so he's still a 50-50 chance. Um, they give him the chance if he wants to um, to switch. He sticks with his original, and he wins. He gets he's all he gets safety, so he's he's now safe from the vote. Danny won the immunity, so he's safe from the vote. And they ended up voting Leanna out five to three. Uh, with Xander playing his uh, his extra vote um, to ensure that she went home, so I don't know whether he was expecting someone to to twist and was trying. I'm not quite sure, you know, how why he needed to play it, but he did anyways. And uh, in case I'm, I think he, I'm guessing he was protecting against one of the the girls uh, playing it the other way. So Leanna goes home. Jones loses a, a player. I think Jones has two. I've got two. Kudo's got two. Final I think six. so. I think they're in the final six. So we each have two. Sweet. And one of Jones is not going to win the game. Kudos. So you don't have to worry about that. Jones yeah, that's for sure. Game. Good old Heather's going to go to the end, but she's not winning the game. Yeah, you got Deshaun and Erica. I got Danny and uh, Richard or Ricard. And uh, Jones has Xander and Heather. So you're back in it, Kudo. Yes. You're back in it. I still have a chance. I think. I think after tonight, next week's the finale. I want to say too. So it's. Uh, Coming to the end of the game, so we shall Good find luck. out soon. Yeah, we shall. All right, um, that's it for for stuff and uh, and Survivor. I guess uh, I guess Jones. It's it's time for uh, for the grill. Grill it up. It's the grill. It's the grill. Jones, make a count. You got two weeks worth of grill to uh, to oh, give us here. It's gonna suck. <laughs> it's gonna suck. It's all right. I do like the sizzling steak at the end, though. Of that song, just, just gonna throw that out there. That, that was the, the last thing producer Pat gave us before he fucked off. Yeah. <laughs> Good old producer Pat. Former. Let's start here. Are you guys? Two part question. Are you guys happy with the moves the Jays have made so far in the off season? And once the lockout is over, what do you guys think the Jays need to address the most? They haven't really done too much. They signed Gossman. They, signed, like they signed, a, signed a reliever. Yeah. They signed Barrios extension. They let Ray walk. They let Simeon walk. They get draft pick compensation for those two guys. They don't lose a draft pick for Gossman either. So, I, you know, from that point of view i think they're pretty successful right now they're going to get two high draft prospects so you know that gives them options that they can you know strategically pick guys lower and give them more money more slot not not sign someone they picked higher slot you know it's you know you play the game with the the draft pool money you have uh so i think that'll be good for them they definitely still need infield um i'd like to see them you know, if they can get um, what's his name from the Indi- uh the Guardians, um, the the third baseman. You know, what I'm talking about Kudo. Jose. 
Jose Ramirez, yeah. Yeah, if they can get Jose Ramirez, I think that would be a very good offseason. I think they're going to trade one of their catchers. There's not a big uh, catcher market out there, so I think that you might see them trade Kirk for uh, for a catcher. They definitely will look for a value value starting pitcher or two, um, and then they got to add a couple more bullpen arms. So they still got a lot of stuff to do whenever they, they get back at it. Well, I feel like they still need a second baseman as well. I think they need an infielder. I don't think they necessarily. I think they. I think they're content with what they can get out of, say, Kevin Biggio at second base or or third base. And with um, what's his name that was playing third base last year? You know what I'm talking about. I can see his face. I can't put a name to it now. Fuck. Uh, I think they're. I think they'll be content because those guys played decent defense, and you know, your the lineup is so so potent all the way through that you can, you know, give up a little bit of offense at that, at that point of the lineup. Yeah. I, I think, you know, they need an infielder for sure. I think they can trade an outfielder, move, move Randall Gretchik out, maybe sign a, uh, a left-handed hitting outfielder would be good. Maybe a utility guy. I heard, um, uh, what's his name from the Dodgers there or yeah, the Dodgers that re-signed right before the deadline um, utility guy. I'm so bad with names today. <laughs> I think your favorite thing is what's his name? Yeah, you know that who's, guy. Who's, who's his face? <laughs> what's his name? Um, Probably Kudo always knows what I'm talking about. Taylor. Taylor was high on the Jays' priority list as kind of a multi-tool player. I think they'll they'll try to look for another Swiss Army knife like that, um, and I think they'll try to trade uh, trade Randall Gritchick away. Anything to add there, Kudo? Are you? Uh... Yeah, I agree with the infield. Well, I was taking a second baseman because I don't know if, how I feel about Biggio playing second. I feel like you just Espinal stick him in the outfield the or some shit. Yeah, that's true. Espinal's the other guy. Yeah, he could play third base or San or Santiago or something or yeah, Santiago or I forget his name, first name. Santiago. Santiago. Yeah, definitely need an infielder. Somebody that can play second or a utility infielder, I guess, because they can even put positional fucking, versatility is going to be a big thing for the yeah. Jays. Um, so guys that can play multiple spots. So and yeah, because you could put Bichette at second, and then have somebody else, like have someone play shortstop. Yeah. So there's still going to be a bunch of big, big shortstops out there. So they may, you know, they may take a, a run at a Trevor Story or uh, Carlos Correa. All right then. Will an NHL superstar opt out of the Winter Olympics? Yes. Okay. Does uh, Robert Lannon or what's his name? Is that his name? Robin. Is it Robin? Robin Leonard. Robert Leonard. Does he count as a superstar? Because he opted out. Uh, I don't know if he's... Or has he become a superstar now? I don't, I don't think, think he's a marketable enough face yeah. that fits Jones's narrative here. Yeah, I'm going like with a big market guy like, you know, uh, McDavid, Crosby, Ovechkin, Malkin. A like, Matthews. Matthew, yeah. I can like, see Matthews opting out. He's, he seems like he's soft. Like a big name guy. Yeah, I can see one of them doing it. Especially if you got a quarantine in China for like three weeks or some shit if you get if you get it there. Yeah, I don't see I think it's possible, sure. Well I, I think maybe we'll as we get closer to the Olympics and this what's it, Omnicron or whatever the, the new variant's called. You know, if the cases are on the rise, I think you you might see guys, you know, just decide not to go. Um, but I think it's a big enough deal for, for most of them. I think it would be kind of a somebody that maybe has been there um, and will have a chance to go back. You know, someone maybe like a 
say like a Brad Marchand, who's not, he's not going to be at his last Olympics. He's not, he's been there. I don't know. I don't also don't know if he's been there, but he's uh, someone in that type of category. That would be my, that'd be your category. That'd be my thought on who, who wouldn't go. All right. The race for the rocket Richard trophy is heating up a little bit. Do you guys think that Austin Matthews, can catch Ovechkin and Dreisaitl and take home the the rocket. No. What's the, what's the what gap kind of question right is this? Why you got to have Matthews as a fucking thing? I'm not a fucking Leaf fan. Obviously, Haas is going to say yeah because he's a Leaf fan. Obviously, he's I'm going to say no. scored in seven fucking straight games, Kudo. I don't give a fuck. He's not doing it. You got, Ovechkin has scored in seven games, a fucking level. Same with fucking Dreisaitl. They're unreal. They're going to fucking take do it. The, do the them. Habs have a guy that have scored in seven games this season? I don't think yeah, the Habs have fully, a guy. Probably. Okay, do you want me to put a Habs guy on there? Sorry, there's not one in the top, like, 25. Yeah, because their top score is to Foley. He's only had, like, 12, I think, all season. So not even. Dreisaitl's got 21. Ovechkin's got 20. Matthews has got 17. No, Ovechkin's taking it. I don't think Ovechkin loves to score goals. And he, he just I think Matthews will it. take it. I think he's got a chance. Nope. All right, then. Well, Kudo, do you think that Tyler Toffoli can win the Rocket Richard Trophy? No, because he's now on the IR. <laughs> and I don't want him to. We're going for Shane Wright. Fuck it. What about Cole Caulfield? You think he's no. gonna think he's gonna score a goal? I don't think he, he's gonna score a goal, but he hasn't yet. Tyler Toffoli only has five goals this season. <laughs> Montreal Canadiens only have one player that has seven goals. It's Josh Anderson, and he has not scored in seven games this year. Well, he's also on the IR. The Habs have but a ton of players on the IR right now, so they, have, they do not have a single player that has scored in seven games this year, and Matthews has scored in seven straight. And you're telling me that Austin Matthews sucks. Yeah, he does fucking suck. You know why? Because he plays for your team, and they fucking suck. So he sucks. Uh, I can I can point to 22 guys that suck then if that's your, your basis. Yeah, hey, go ahead. Hey, Kudo, do you think that Nick Suzuki can catch Connor McDavid for points? <laughs> Fuck you and no. He's only twenty uh five points behind. So it's, it's doable. Do you think Tavares could fucking uh catch up to McDavid? Probably not. He's closer. I'm not yeah, saying it's not he's gonna happen. To, I'm not saying he's going to, but yeah, at so least it's not gonna happen. At least he's closer. McDavid's not gonna happen. Pardon? I wouldn't say the chances are zero. What'd you say, Hosk? I said McDavid's injury prone. Like I wouldn't say the, the chances are zero. He gets hurt tomorrow. No, he's out for the season. There's a chance you catch him. There's probably not a chance Suzuki catches him, though. Yeah, he's got he's got the rest of the season. He's got three quarters of the season left. Two thirds, something like that. Never say never, Jones. I guess. I, I that would just mean the Habs would have to score some goals. That's they do score goals. But we don't want them now because we want Shane Wright. You guys score goals? Your leading goal you scorer's got you seven guys goals. Just to Logan Mayu again. Shane Wright. Shane Wright Mayu. The price is right. Get it? I think so. Carey Price, Shane Wright, let's go. You mean Carey Price before they trade him or after they trade him? They're not trading. All right, last one. Last one. Did Sean McDermott get outcoached by Bill Belichick and the kicker? Will the Buffalo Bills miss the playoffs? Uh, I would say yes. He got out coached to a degree. His team also didn't perform up to 
what was needed. Like they were able to, they could move the ball. They just didn't, if, if they go out and get the lead at any point in that game, then, you know, the Patriots can't keep running the ball down their throat. I don't know that the Bills game plan for that type of weather and it would not surprise Bill Belichick probably just went into his file cabinet and said, Oh, when, when snow game, okay, here's the game plan, you know, and just, <laughs> we're going to run, the, run ball. the ball. We're going to well, run the ball 97% of our plays today. <laughs> I did hear like before the game, Bill Belichick was out on the field, like two hours before the game with his, some of his players. And he was like, he goes through like a very in-depth scouting report. Like he knows like, okay, my kicker, can hit a 25-yard field goal in this direction nine out of ten times. So if we get if we're outside of 25 yards, we're not kicking a field goal in this direction. Like you know what I mean? Like he's out there. He was out there with Mac Jones watching him throw the ball before the game, and he's basically said like he can't fucking throw the ball in the wind, so we're not going to throw the ball kind of thing, right? Yeah. So I think his scout pre-game scouting was very well. Aren't you the quiz master? I am, but I'm just throwing it out there. <laughs> and then I, I don't know about the playoffs. I haven't seen. I honestly, I haven't looked at their schedule, so I don't know. I know what who they, I have their schedule right here. Stretch. I think they have a tough schedule down the stretch. They, like, have, they have the Bucks. Bucks I think they can squeeze again. it in, though. They've got going to make Buc- the playoffs. Bucks, Panthers, Pats, Falcons, Jets. So they yeah, they're going to sneak in losses. there. They got to win one of those games against the Pats or the Bucks. Yeah, if they go four or one, I think they get in. If yeah. they go three and two, they probably miss. If they go two and three, they definitely miss. Yes, because they are they're in the final wild card spot right now. But tied with like what three teams or two teams? They're tied with. They have one less loss than the Colts, but the Colts haven't are on the bye this coming week, and the Colts hold the head to head over the Bills. So, but they're tied with three teams right now. So, be interesting. Yeah. All right, that's all I got for you. All right, thanks, Jones. Yeah, we got anything else? No. All right. Well, thanks, everyone, for joining us for our 78th episode. We really appreciate all the support. Please give us a follow on Instagram at Into Sports and Stuff. And follow us on Twitter at Into Sports Stuff. No and in that one. Feel free to email us at Into Sports and Stuff at gmail.com and send us your personal picks of the week. And let us know any topics you want to talk about on the show. Check out Tee Public and MeUndies in the show notes. And don't forget to rate, comment, and subscribe on your podcast player of choice. See you next week, and we'll get into sports and stuff. Hey, Gordon, hire me as the Habs GM. And hit the music! You don't speak French. Bye! Oui, oui, bonjour. Au revoir.